Welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and this is your oasis for strengthening your mental and emotional fitness, no matter what life tosses your way. I am so excited you're here. Just like you, I wear many hats. I'm a former dentist turned author and serial entrepreneur, currently a mama of two, and a recovering perfectionist. Every week, we'll navigate brave conversations to support your evolution at every season and stage of your life. Raw and unfiltered, we'll explore all the feels as we unpack life's unpredictable moments, from the playful to the painful, the magical and the messy, and everything in between this epic human experience. You ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, Brave Table fam. I'm your host, Dr. Nita Bushin. How are you doing today? And welcome to the Brave Table, your oasis for being just a little bit more brave. Now, are you one to ignore confrontation? Or are you one that really gets super anxious right before you have to deliver a talk or probably is the one that sits in the room and during a meeting, you don't speak up at all because you're afraid of what will other people think, or you don't give your opinion unless you're called upon, or you don't speak up and communicate what's really on your mind for fear of something. Well, if this is you, then this episode is definitely for you. We are talking with the queen of mastering the art of communication and how to be a little bit more brave in putting yourself out there in communicating your needs, especially when we are talking about needs that are going to push the needle forward for you in relationships and friendships, in your professional lives, in your career, and maybe something that you desire for yourself. So that's right grab a pen and a paper. You definitely do not want to miss all of the morsels and gems that we are giving you today. It is none other than the Sam Horn. She is the author of multiple, multiple, multiple books. She is called the queen of communication. And basically Sam delivered a full masterclass here in this conversation. She drops so many incredible gems that will help you develop not only your business acumen in terms of how to think differently when you are trying to communicate, but let me just tell you about how badass this queen is. She is the CEO and founder of the Intrigue Agency, which helps entrepreneurs and business leaders and mamas rediscovering themselves scale their income and influence in a respectful and compelling way. Her work has been featured in publications like the New York Times, Fast Company, Business Week, Forbes, Inc., Huffington Post, and her books have been praised by thought leaders like Stephen Covey, Tony Robbins, and her children, including Andrew Horn and Mickey Uggerwall. She is a total communication whiz known for her repeatable and retweetable one-liners, which you will get the honor of hearing, honestly, in this episode. I don't want you to miss a beat. So let's get into today's episode, sitting at the brave table with me, the Sam Horn. Okay, fam, we've got an amazing episode for you today. I'm so excited because we have the amazing Sam Horn here at the brave table. Sam, welcome. Thank you. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. I know, likewise. And what I love about you and your work so much is that 
you are literally the queen of the acronyms and how you teach. So we're we're just going to kind of unpack and unravel all of the things that we need today to unpack communication, really. Sounds good. If people can't repeat it, they didn't get it. So we'll talk about how to create repeatable, retweetable sound bites so that when we talk, people remember it, relate to it, and are motivated to act on it. Oh, amazing. So what I want to start with is a lot of our audience, they are trailblazers. They're ambitious women, and they are now kind of entering another season of their life where they're asking different questions. So they're asking questions around what is it like to perhaps navigate a new career or repackage myself and, you know, even ask different questions like, what do I really want out of this? Can you take us through a time when you were asking yourself all of those questions and led you to basically create X number of books now that you have in the work that you do? Well, thank you. I think my first brave crossroads, right? Because we're talking about how we can be brave on our own behalf. Yeah. And it was when I was uh, coming out of high school into college Mm -hmm. and everyone was telling me that I should be a doctor or a lawyer to use my brain. Yeah. I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm. (laughs) I had grown up as an athlete. I'd run recreation departments, even as a teenager. So I wanted to study recreation administration. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) But I was being told it was like a joke career, you know, you slacker, you. Recreation (laughs) communication, I love that. (laughs) And I'll always be glad for my dad because he gave me Goethe's quote, or W.H. Murray, and it says that boldness has genius in it, mm-hmm. and that when we can't make up our mind to pick the bolder of the options. So I picked what I wanted to do, what was congruent with me, what was in alignment with my talents and my skills and my goals. There was no guarantee. Mm-hmm. It's just I found if we navigate by what's in alignment with our goals and our heart, that we set up what's called serendestiny. Mm, okay, and, and tell us what serendestiny is, because I love that. <laughs> well, Andrew Horn, who you happen to know, yes, he was at Virginia Tech. He'd come home for Thanksgiving. We're having, getting caught up. And he says, Mom, he said, I ran into Ryan out of the blue. He said, it was really crazy. I'd been thinking about him, hadn't seen him since high school. There he was. I said, Andrew, that's not out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Some people call that a happy accident or coincidence, serendipity. Right. I don't think it's a happy accident. Mm-hmm. When something beats the odds, it's your best future meeting you halfway. Oh, I love that. And he came up to me later. He says, Mommy, he says, I just can't stop thinking about that. Serendestiny. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> and serendestiny is when we are navigating by what feels right. And when we do that, we do meet our best future halfway. Oh, I love that. I love that because it's really kind of putting us in the sense of that our next chapter is probably going to be bigger, brighter, and with the serendipity and the destination of where we really want to get to, which is beautiful. And let's be pragmatic, because yeah. I know that your viewers and your and your fans and followers and so forth, they look to you for inspiration, and they look to you also for real-life how-tos, mm-hmm. you know, how can I put this into action? So here's an example about how we can we can marry serendipity mm-hmm. with being commercially viable. Sound good? Oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> 
Okay, there was a woman named Denise Brousseau. Denise had founded Forum for Women Entrepreneurs, which has become Watermark. She also founded Springboard, which has helped women entrepreneurs get $26 billion in funding and valuation. Oh, wow. She came to me eight years ago. She'd never been paid to speak. Mm. because, see, it was just expected as head of a nonprofit that she would do this for free. It's kind of hard to make a living speaking for free, isn't it, Nita? Yes, (laughs) yes. And and so many people don't even know that they could actually become a speaker. So here's the first step. I looked for the river that ran through her work, Mm. right? What is something that she does consistently that people need and they're not very good at, and they would pay someone to do that for them, to teach them how to do it or to do it for them, Mm -hmm. right? And do you know what the river was that ran through her work? No. Thought leadership. Oh, okay. We put together a proposal in one weekend. She got a deal from Wiley in 48 hours, ready to be a thought leader. Now, here's the a thing. A book deal. Yeah, book deal. Oh, wow. Wiley, check it out. Ready to be a thought leader. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. If we're an individual, it's hard to sell that business or scale that business, isn't it? Mm. We want to be an umbrella brand. Because if we're just an individual, we're just another speaker. We're just another author. We're just another blogger. Right. So she founded the Thought Leadership Lab. Oh, wow. You know, picture an umbrella. Because, see, if you are the Thought Leadership Lab, underneath that umbrella is your speaking, is your writing, is your online courses, is your philanthropy. Mm -hmm. However, now you are a founder and a CEO. You walk in at a CEO level and get instant gravitas. Oh, wow. And this is basically what, because you've worked with the creme de la creme in basically (laughs) shifting their careers and having speaking as a big part of it. And so you're right. And now I bet everyone watching either has a story that they want to tell, and maybe it's because they know people will relate to it. Kind of Glennon Doyle that a lot of people go, oh my goodness, that's me. Oh my gosh, right? I her. Yes. <laughs> yes. Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, they tell stories that people relate to and feel empowered because they realize they're not alone. They're not the only one who's done this, right? Mm-hmm. Another kind of intellectual capital that you can share is not just your story that's raw and real, It's what have you learned that you can codify? Okay. For example, Ajit and you, you know, you both reverse engineered. All right. How did I become a social media influencer? What did I do to put together a world-class podcast? And if you systemize it and if you name and number your steps, that means it's Mm. replicable. Mm -hmm. That means it's proprietary. You own it. And it's only, yeah. It's totally yours. That's exactly and right. And nobody can take that away from you. They can pay you for it, though, <laughs> yeah. because it's a shortcut, right? Right. They don't have to learn the hard way. You've been there. Run this. Mm. <laughs> you have figured out how to avoid the trial and terror learning. And here are proven steps. And I will give you examples. I will give you references. So if you're looking for a website designer or if you're looking for you know branding expert, mm-hmm. it's, you don't have to figure this out on your own. Mm. Who is an expert who? Who's done it and it can accelerate your path. Well, this is so vital and so important in so many ways because I think that in this kind of era, and I know in your newsletter, I just read something where it was redefining the great resignation to mean the great reassessment. And I feel like so many now, either because, you know, everyone's having babies and stepping into that chapter, which is a lot of, you know, the listeners of the Brave Table. 
but never has there been a time where we had that time to, like you said, reassess the things that light us up, the things that bring us more joy. And actually you can create a living out of it. And so take us through the juicy little gems that you had in that newsletter for somebody, if they were curious about reassessing their life at this moment, they're at a particular juncture. Okay. First step number one, it is not selfish to put yourself in your own story, Hmm. right? It's uh, Byron Katie said, uh, my happiness is on me. So you're off the hook. (laughs) So true. Isn't it? So true. As a mom, we put our kids first, right? We put our partner first. Sometimes if we're running a business, we put our employees first. Where are we in that story? Right. Always at the the bare minimum, all all the way at the bottom. Yeah. Do you know what that message that's sending other people? Mm. That we don't count. Mm. See, self-sacrifice comes at a price. And I hope everyone watching remembers these words, what we accept, we teach. Mm. Do we want to teach our daughters that the life ahead of them is one of self-sacrifice? Do we want to teach our sons that this is what they ought to expect from the women in their life, is to put everyone else first and themselves last? Mm. So see, it's not selfish to put ourselves in the story. I'm not talking about being egotistical, arrogant, narcissistic, only thinking about ourselves. Right. I'm thinking that one of the best gifts we can give to the people around us is to take personal responsibility for our own contribution. Now, you notice I didn't say happiness. <laughs> right, for your contribution. That's right. So what are we good at? What lights us up? And then how can we get paid for it so that we are balancing taking care of others and taking care of ourselves in a way that we know our life matters on a daily basis. Mm. Now you want an example of how to do that? Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving this. This is like a mini workshop for all of you today. So take notes, you guys. (laughs) Okay. Many times people say, well, I used to, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I used to be a pretty good tennis player. Well, I used to be a photographer. Well, I I used used to to run this corporate head division or I used to do this for a Fortune X company and now, right. See, Nita, let's loop back to what you said about the great resignation and now it's the great Mm reevaluation, right? Many people are working remotely, which means you can have two young kids as you do. And as I did at one time, Yes, there are no barriers to entry. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So what measurable success did we have before? And measurable is either we have testimonials or endorsements. We grew our department from five employees to 50 employees. You know, Mm -hmm. we launched a product at our old business for this amount. So what proven track record do we have? Now we ask ourselves, Who would like that done for them? (laughs) Because as you know, many entrepreneurs, they want to outsource this type of work because they have a zone of genius, right? And they want to work, thank you, Michael Gerber, on their business instead of in their business, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'll give you, let's see one of my favorite examples. It's at, um, I think you know J.J. Virgin, don't you? Mm -hmm. Okay. So there was a young woman working with J.J. for the Unicorn Club and for her mind share, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then J.J. decided to go a different direction. And all of a sudden, she was, quote, unquote, out of a job. Mm -hmm. However, she's got the skills to pay the bills, doesn't she? (laughs) She does. Yes, that's true. (laughs) You know, so see, Kendra had been there, done that. So all you have to do is have what I call a portfolio resume. 
Mm. Instead of a listicle of I did this, I did this, I did this, kind of looks like everybody else's resume, right? Right, of course. Like, how do you stand out then if you're going to have all of those similar assets that everybody else has? That's right. So I had a chance to see Elon Musk speak at the National Press Club. Mm -hmm. And one of my sons, Andrew, works at NASA. And I said, okay, Tom, if I have a chance to ask Elon a question, what should I ask him? And he said, mom, my job's safe. I'm with the ISS. Everyone with the shuttle's been laid off, and they're all applying to SpaceX. Oh, wow. He said, ask Elon how to get a job, and, and in particular, how to get an interview. Mm. Elon Musk said one of the most brilliant things I've ever said in one sentence. Ready? Mm. Don't tell me about the positions you've held. Tell me about the problems you solved. Mm. Right? Oh. Everyone watching, if we want to have the best of both worlds, which is our personal life and a professional life, start thinking about the problems you solved. Where did you prevent a disaster? You know, are you good with the details or proofing something so nothing would ever go out with a typo that could lose a deal? Right. You know, are you good at fundraising or something like that? Boy, do people need uh, experts at fundraising. Absolutely. I love, so I just want to like unpack that for a second. Think about the problems that you solve. I was just on a panel last week where I was the MC and there were teams that were pitching their event because it was like a pitch perfect event. This was at a university. And it was so fascinating because these four teams there were, and all of them were just so convicted at their problem solving. It wasn't, you know, the number of followers that they had or the number of people that they helped. It was all around the idea of, okay, this is the big problem that we're going to solve and I'm going to do whatever it takes to solve this problem. So I love that you're, you're bringing that up. And for those of you who are listening and watching right now, and you're like, well, I don't know what problem I want to solve. I mean, this is the work, Sam, that you do so well, go ahead and take out a journal. And if you're driving right now, just think in what capacity, what were some of the things that you were so passionate about because you were thinking about how to solve that particular problem? Or I would even go even a step further. Or what would you add to that? Well, two things. Number one, you know, Mickey Agrawal, who has been a guest, you know, and, and what do Radha and Mickey Agrawal do? Mm-hmm. They solve a problem. They go out dancing at night. You know, there's bouncers and everyone's wasted and high and it's kind of violent. And they think, you know, we just wanted to dance. Problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Flip the problem by asking what ifs. Well, you dance at night. Well, what if you didn't have to dance at night? Well, there's rude bouncers at the door. What if there was a welcoming committee at the door? Mm. You know, everyone's wasted. What if you had green juice instead of substances? They flipped it. And of course, now Daybreaker is around the world. She opened for Oprah a couple years ago. She did. Same thing with Mickey as well, with Tushy and with Thinks and with Wild and now with the hero. Well, that's. Be quiet, Sam. That's <laughs> something <it> else. <laughs> However, would you like a multi-million dollar idea for oh. your listeners right now? Oh my gosh. All I hope, right. I hope they have paper and pen so they can ink it when they think it. Okay, all right? you guys ready? <laughs> Sam's dropping all the gems today, you guys. <laughs> this idea has helped my clients get millions in funding. So 60 second story to set it up. We had talked about Springboard. One of my clients, Kathleen Callender of Springboard, is ahead of something called PharmaJet. Now, when people say, what do you do? Don't tell them. Because if you tell them, they're going to go, huh? And their eyebrows are going to crunch up 
they're confused and confused people don't say yes. Mm. So use this 60 second opening that we came up with because Kathleen came to me, Sam, I got good news. I got bad news. I said, what's the good news? She said, I'm speaking in front of a room full of investors at the Paley Center in New York. I said, yay. Amazing. What's the bad news? She said, I'm going at 2.30 in the afternoon and I only have 10 minutes. She said, you can't say anything in 10 minutes. I said, Kathleen, you don't have 10 minutes. They will have heard 16 presentations at that time. You have 60 seconds. Okay, listen up. 60-second opening, all right? All right, all right. You all listening? Okay. This is juicy. (laughs) Did you know there are 1.8 billion vaccinations given every year? Did you know up to a third of those are given with reused needles? Mm. Did you know we're spreading and perpetuating the very diseases we're trying to prevent? Imagine if there were a painless one-use needle for a fraction of the current cost. You don't have to imagine it. We've created it, and she's off and running. Are your eyebrows up? (laughs) That means you're intrigued. Yes, totally. Totally. Now, for everyone taking notes, here's the three steps. Never explain what you do or what your product is or or what the problem is you solve. Mm. Ask instead of tell. So you turn a a monologue into a dialogue, right? Ask Ask. instead of tell. Okay. Never tell anybody what you do. That's right. Ask instead of tell. Three did you know questions. Did you know this? Did you know this? Did you Mm. know this? What are startling statistics about the problem you're solving, about the issue you're addressing? And, well, Sam, I also want to just stop you right there for a second. You guys, even if you are not pitching in front of investors, maybe you are, but perhaps maybe you're trying to get people to notice your idea on Instagram. You can share this in a reel. You can put this in a post. You can put this in an article that you're writing. You can put this in a YouTube headline if you're starting to create sound bites, which I know that you are totally the queen that is known for sound bites and taglines and hook lines, which I'm just so excited that we're having this conversation right now. Let's go back to that. So we have the, did you, did you know this? Did you know? So three, did you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's really important to have something startling, right? Because that's what gets the eyebrows up okay. and people think, well, where do I find that startling statistic? I guarantee you, you know, you have many people watching If they just put into search right now, what are startling statistics about blank, about the industry they're in, about Mm. uh, this cause that they care about, you know, black dogs in shelters, you know. Right, look look it up. (laughs) And and something will get your eyebrows up. Mm. And if it gets your eyebrows up, it'll get their eyebrows up. And now they're interested instead of like just wanting to run out the door. So three did you knows. Three did you knows. And it's 60 seconds. Oh, and now we got step two and three. Okay, okay. Step two, imagine. The word imagine pulls people out of their preoccupation because they're picturing your point. They're seeing what you're saying. So add imagine Mm -hmm. to everything. That's right. In Mm. fact, you kind of loop back to what you said because, see, you've, oh, I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't know it was that many. I didn't know it cost that much. Now imagine if it didn't have to cost that much. Imagine if it didn't have to take that long. Imagine if it, Mm. if, if anyone could do this. Imagine if there wasn't any risk, right? I mean, think of Kathleen Callender. What were her decision makers thinking about? Those painful inoculations. Right. We made it painless. 
they're thinking about those reused needles. We made it one use. So you were setting up the problem and then the solution was right there. So setting up the problem, solution was right there. It was like volleyball set and then basically spike. Boom. One, spike <laughs> two, spike three. Okay. I'm all 40 seconds in, Nita. And, oh, wow. And think about in a world of, you're going to love this word, ready? Mm-hmm. Infobesity. <laughs> okay. Infobesity. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. Right. So I mean, so in a world of infobesity, we distilled into one sentence a who wouldn't want that, right? Who wouldn't want a one use needle that was painless for a fraction of the cost? Step three, you don't have to imagine it. Hmm. We're doing it. And now you come in with your precedence and your evidence. You know, you come in with a testimonial or an example or a case study to show this isn't speculative or pie in the sky. It's a done deal. You're ready to run with it. Mm. All in 60 seconds. Wow. Wow. I think that right there is just mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. How did you become known as the queen of the taglines and the wordsmith that you are, that people, heads of state, you know, everybody comes to you for their talks, polishing up articles, even kind of setting them up in their next chapter? I really appreciate you saying that. So my origin story, right? A little bit. A little bit, if you will. <laughs> okay. I think you know that I helped start and run the Maui Writers Conference. Oh, and no. Oh, yeah. What can is to the film industry, we were to the publishing industry. Oh, wow. So we gave authors from around the world an opportunity to jump the chain of command. You could pitch your screenplay to Ron Howard. You could pitch your novel to the head of, of Random House. I mean, oh, where goodness. else are you going to get that kind of opportunity, wow. right? No one had done that before. And so you would have a 10-minute pitch session with this decision maker who had the clout to give you a deal on the spot. That first year, uh, I'm anxiously watching, and a woman comes out from her 10-minute pitch with tears in her eyes. And I went over, I said, are you okay? She said, I'm not okay. I just saw my dream go down the drain. Hmm. I said, what happened? He, she said, I put my 300-page manuscript on the table. The agent took one look at it and said, I don't have time to read all that. Tell me in 60 hmm. seconds what it's about and why someone would want to read it. Hmm. And Nita, what I realized is that we could be the best person for the job. We could have a product that's really going to change people's lives. We can have knowledge that's really going to help people shortcut something. And if we can't crystallize it in 60 seconds, it will probably never succeed at the level it deserves. Mm. Yeah. And this is where you came in. And, oh, yeah, (laughs) you're thinking, and? (laughs) Yeah, I thought, you know, what is the soul of an entrepreneur? The soul of an entrepreneur is somebody's got to do something about this. Mm. I'm as much as somebody's anybody. I'll do something about this. So I ended up interviewing people and coming up with step-by-step, you know, how do you get people's attention in 60 seconds? Wow. How do you create a repeatable, retweetable one-liner so that mm. at the end of the day, you're the one they remember you're the one they want to work with. You're the one they're recommending. Mm-hmm. So my pop book, my caught your attention book are these step-by-step practices with real life stories on how, what is it we care about? Now, how can we communicate it concisely, compellingly, confidently, 
in a commercially viable way. Well, I have to say this because in the masterminds and kind of in the the author industry, your <laughs> pop book comes up a lot. <laughs> so definitely for anybody who is an author, uh, a future author, a budding author, her, her pop book is the one to get. And even if you're not writing a book, I feel like right now, anything on social media, you only literally have like 60 seconds or less. And a lot of times it's, you know, on reels or, you know, these TikToks that people are doing these days. And a lot of the things that you're sharing, it's like, how do you hijack the attention because of the infobesity that is around, which I so love that (laughs) word. I'm going to totally use that. So what advice do you have then for people who think that they do need to have a fully finished manuscript or totally Uh have everything completely ready if they had the opportunity like that woman did and really all they really wanted was 60 seconds. How can we encourage the bravery in people listening today to kind of reframe that thinking? (laughs) Books in our head help no one, Mm. right? Ideas in our head help no one. First, perfection is a different spelling for procrastination, right? Mm, yes. yes <laughs> it doesn't have to be. <laughs> yes. So uh, do we have time for a quick story? We, about, sh- we sure do. Okay. Yes. The very first year of the Maui Writers Conference, I'll always remember there's a woman on the beach crying, and I went over. I said, oh, are you okay? And, you know, she said, I don't belong here. Yeah. I said, you don't belong here? She said, who am I to write a book? She said, it's like I'm putting myself up on a pedestal. It kind of feels arrogant. She says, I'm not perfect. I said, Jana, that's not the question to ask. I said, what's an example of what you want to write about? Well, she and her husband had adopted a child, and it was very challenging. And she said, I went to the bookstore, I went to the library, and there were just all these Pollyanna books about what a blessing it was to be uh, an adoptive parent. She said, they made me feel worse. She said, I want to write the book I need, I can't find. Mm. I said, so give me a specific example. And for all your listeners, the more specific you are, the more likely it's going to succeed, the more specific you are. So the example. Mm -hmm. And she talked about when Ari was three years old and she fixed spaghetti for dinner. And he reached across the table and he grabbed a handful and he threw it in her face. Mm. And her first thought was, my son would never have done that. And I said, Jana, that's why you need to write that book. Mm -hmm. Because there are other parents who've had those kinds of thoughts and they feel like they're the only one who's ever said that, that they're a terrible person. I said, you have a right and a responsibility to write if you ask this one question. Ready? Mm -hmm. Would someone reading my book benefit? Hmm. See, if someone reading your book will benefit, it's almost selfish to keep it to yourself. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have a PhD. If you pour out your story or your soul or your lessons learned or your methodology and other people benefit, isn't that why we're here? Oh, yeah. I feel that so much. Wow. Wow. Did she go on to write her book? Uh, I'm so cool. Thank you for like, <laughs> come on, the other shoe hasn't dropped yet, Sam. It's like, yes, please go online. There's Jana Wolf, Secret Thoughts of an Adoptive Mother. 
And I spoke uh, at the Hawaii Book and Music Festival last year. There's Jana Wolf. And I went up, I said, Jana, she hears from people every single week. The book has been out in the world for 20 years, making a difference for people around the world because she believed in herself. And she realized that all of those ideas they don't do any good if we talk ourselves out of them, talk ourselves yeah. into them. You know, Pablo Picasso said that the purpose of life is to find our gifts. Mm. The meaning is to give them away. Mm. Folks, give away your gifts. Not only can you make meaning and make money and make a difference, you are living a no-regret life that when it's all over and when you look back, you'll know you really did have the best of both worlds all the people you loved and you took care of and that are in your personal circle Mm -hmm. and all the people you made a difference for in your professional circle. Wow. So if you have a book in you, this is literally the episode. And if you have a girlfriend, a friend, a sibling, a mom, a lover, somebody in your life that is like curious to share their message with the world, this is the episode to share because Sam has so many amazing gems. I just want to touch on this book, Tang Fu, because this is literally the keys to mastering communication. And I feel like this book, not only because in your newsletter, you've had Tang Fu as literally some of the essence to actually master communication. I feel like we have time to share just some tidbits (laughs) from from Tang Fu for anybody who is looking to write a book or even create habits that would allow you to just get your message out there if you're rediscovering yourself. I mean, Sam has these drop (laughs) headlines all day long. So tell us a little bit about the Tung Fu process. Okay, now we're going to jump right into it. I hope people have paper, right? Yes. Put a vertical line down the center of that paper. Because people say, Sam, how does your brain work? I juxtapose everything. Mm. I think it's the quickest way to make complex ideas crystal clear. Okay. So at the top of the left-hand column, put words to lose. Okay, words to lose. Right. On the top of the right-hand column, put words to use. Words to use. Because we're going to show the shift, right? Don't say this, it'll make it worse. Say this, it'll make it better. Got it. This will create a conflict. This will create cooperation. This causes resentment. This causes rapport. Ah. So, ready? We're going to boom, 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 boom. Okay, we're going to just go. Get rid of the word but. I hear what you're saying, but we tried that before. You did a good job on that, but you forgot. Over on the right. And, you and, know, okay, you so did no a good job on that. And could mm-hmm. you add, mm-hmm. it's like, I understand it's important to you and, and advances conversation, but anchors him in an argument. Ooh. I'm, I'm even thinking like, don't say this to your three-year-old toddler oh. and you can do this differently, Ari. And you can do this differently <laughs> even for my husband. Okay. This is great. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> good. So let's talk about mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, kids do something wrong. Our partner does something wrong. And that word should is right there on the table. You should have been more careful. Mm -hmm. You should have told me you didn't know how to do that. You should have been, you know, over on the left. Should has no good purpose. Should. Okay, write that down, you guys. Should. You cannot. No no good purpose on the left. It shames people. Okay. Over on the right. Next time. From now on. Because now we're being a coach instead of a critic. We're shaping behavior Mm. instead of shaming it. So should 
No more. Next yes. time. Next time, you know, please uh, put you, you know, close your laptop when you're walking down the stairs instead of you should have, right? Right. And does, oh, it doesn't right. do any good. Can't right. undo the past. Right. So next time people learn from their mistakes, should they lose face over their mistakes. This is great in relationship communication. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Now, would you know how to get some romance back in a, in a relationship? Ooh, okay. tell, tell us. Let's it's, get juicy there. Okay. Okay. Over there, get rid of those words. You have to, you need to. You have to get gas in the car. You need to take the dog to the vet this weekend. You need to tell your mom that we can't come this weekend. Yeah, that's not romantic. <laughs> it is not. And yet at work, often, you know, it's like, well, you need to take this to, I was working with Kaiser. Sure. And the woman in the front desk said, I realize why people are so upset with me all the time. I'm ordering them around. Well, you have mm -hmm. to ask your doctor that. Well, you need to take this to the lab. You and get the, to, <laughs> you have to. That's okay. right. And instead. If you could. If you could. Would you please? Would you please? Oh. Look, courtesy, command. Could you mm. please take the dog to the vet this weekend? Could you please? Can you, uh, will it work to get some gas on the way home? Will it work? You know, oh, wow. whether we've been married five years, 10 years, 15 years, courtesy, command, <laughs> mm. makes a big difference. <laughs> wow, that one really hit me. Ooh, <laughs> that one definitely hit me. And by the okay. way, because we talked about Mickey, I get to take care of... Yes, and uh, Mickey is your daughter-in-law. And Hero. <laughs> and every time Hero goes back home, <laughs> she says, he's so sweet when he comes home from your house. Oh, <laughs> and it's because he's four. And you can, when they roll their eyes or say, we model what we do like, instead of, I'm hungry, mm -hmm. we say, how would you say that nicely? And they say, can I please have something to eat? Look at the difference. I'm hungry, demanding, I want entitled right. Mm -hmm. And and we don't scold them. We don't say, you should have said this. We ask, right? Mm. What's a way to say that nicely? What's Can I way? please, right. you know, this? Right. it's uh, right. right. Okay, now, would you like to know <sighs> what to do if your kids ask you something and the answer is no? Okay. All right. All right. This is good. And then, and then we'll, we'll get into the, the igniting round. Okay, go for it. Okay. It's, this, a woman said, I'm a single mom. I've got three kids under the age of, of 10. She said, this is going to change the way I parent. Over on the left, put the words, no, because. No, you can't because. Mm -hmm. No, we can't because. Mom, can I watch TV? No, you can't because you haven't done your chores. Mm. Look at that room. Look at that trash. How many times do I have to tell you? When are you going to start listening to me? Right, and then it goes on and on and on. <laughs> That's oh, wow. right. Mom, can I watch TV? No, you can't because you haven't done your homework. You know, so right? take that out of your vocabulary. Over on the right, put yes, as soon as. Mm. Sure, right after. Instead of no, you can't play with your friends because you haven't done your chores. Sure, you can play with your friends as soon as you finish your chores. Oh. Pick up your room, take out the trash, then you can go out and shoot hoops. Yes, you can watch TV mm. as soon as you finish your homework. And she was one who said, Sam, this isn't semantics. This changes the whole dynamic of the relationship. This is huge. Isn't it? Because see, <laughs> they huge. see you as blocking them from what it is right, they want. Course. They get angry. They get louder. No win, right? Of course. <laughs> Who's responsible for getting what it is they want now? Mm. They are. <laughs> this is an episode that you probably want to save, download, and repeat, <laughs> especially if you're driving, because there are so many amazing gems that, Sam, you just enlightened us with today. Now, before we wrap up, because I know your time is so valuable, what 
does it mean to be brave? Mm, Brave is going first and trusting you can figure it out. Do we have sixty uh, time for a sixty second story? Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I know it's like okay. Sixty seconds, Sam. Keep Let's your word. Okay. I am on uh, the Woodwind yacht in Annapolis, sailing with Captain Jen. Mm. She finds out about my year by the water, and she said, "Sam, what surprised you about it?" I said that everyone thinks it's brave. She said, I've never once thought of it as brave. And she said, me too. So we unpacked it and we figured out is that when I grew up, I rode horses. Mm. When I was like seven years old and my sister was eight, we'd be gone all day on our horses. Mm. And our parents never warned us of the dangers. They just assumed that if something went wrong, we'd figure it out. Mm. So, Nita, we grew up feeling the world is an adventurous place, not a dangerous place, yeah. right? Mm. It's like your bridle breaks, figure it out. Get bucked off, figure it out. So I think how we can be brave is to trust, go, and we'll iterate along the way. We'll figure it out along the way. If we think we have to know before we go, we'll never go, right? Mm. <laughs> the key to bravery Go to know. Go to know. Wow. So powerful. So powerful. And one or two words that describe this season of your life. Reaping. Mm. A reporter said, what's it like being in your 60s? And I said, these are the reaping years. Mm. And furthermore, is that on a daily basis, so many of your viewers give, 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 right? So at Before you go to bed at night, close your eyes and say, receive, 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 Mm. revel, revel, revel. Mm. I'm letting that one sit in. (laughs) Thank you so much for your magic, Sam. And until next time on The Brave Table. Sam Horn, everyone. Yes. Wow. I mean, I hope you have taken all of the morsels and the nuggets to definitely utilize in your tool belt now three easy ways to create a 60-second pitch that can work for you. And communication can definitely be used, especially in our day-to-day lives, like persuading your husband to watch the kids for two hours longer in 60 seconds, or maybe persuading your boss that to give you an extra week on something that was due like yesterday. I mean, these are just such appropriate skill sets that I feel like Sam just breaks it down so easily. And lucky for you, all of her books She is definitely a master of many, many books, and all of her books are available to get at samhorn.com. She also has a newsletter that you can sign up for on LinkedIn, as well as you can check her out at samhornintrigue on Instagram. That is I-N-T-R-I-G-U-E. I mean, there's so much, so much wisdom that constantly pours out of this woman, and she is just so gifted and really a joy to be around. She makes you feel like you are the only person in the room. And she has just been walking the walk. And like I said, the OG of communications expert that we have. And I'm just so 
grateful and honored to have her here. You can check out her daughter-in-law's episode with me, the one and only Mickey Agrawal, How to Stand Up to Naysayers, Cancel Culture, and Rebuilding with Passion. That is also linked in the show notes. And if you want to learn a little bit more about how to tell the story of your inner artist, that's with Karen Jones. That's also linked in the show notes. Now, if this could probably be helpful for a friend, a family member, a loved one, a coworker, please share this along. I know Sam and I will be so, so grateful as well as thank you so much for listening, investing your time week after week. And I hope this is really adding so much value to you, to your life, to helping you be a little bit more brave and living your best life. Now, we would love your five-star review. If you haven't already put it down, would so, so love that. Now, please consider leaving a five-star review. And when you do, go ahead and just email it over to support at globalgrit.co. That is the uploaded screenshot of your review on iTunes or Spotify. And let us know and we will gift you with our seven-day emotional mastery course. And we will see you next time on The Brave Table. Having a great weekend, a great day, and I will see you next time. Bye.